0: Welcome back to Mon Men, I am Yonato Blue here once again with
1: Michael Darling
0: and joined this week by Henry Meyer. So thanks so much for joining us again this week, we're going to open up this week with a little bit of Mon news. Mr. Darling, if you'd like to share the breaking news reveal.
1: We live in a world that has fallen, it is ruled over by crooks and villains. In other words, today we got news that the producers of Detective Pikachu had actually considered Danny DeVito for the role. If you may remember, last year when this movie was announced, people started saying that they want Danny DeVito to play Detective Pikachu, but unfortunately they went with Ryan Reynolds. And although the VFX producer said, I love Danny and some point, maybe after this movie comes out, we can share those early tests, it's absolutely hilarious. I'm just thinking, why couldn't they have Danny be the actual Detective Pikachu? Blue, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Danny DeVito's run on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So one of my favorite memes that came out of this movement was the still image of Detective Pikachu in the video game, uh, winking at the person on camera and saying, like, oh, I just dropped my Mondo condom for my monster dom, (laughs) and I just desperately wanted to hear Danny DeVito say that as Pikachu.
1: I'll I mean, there it. is that YouTube video where they took Detective Pikachu the video game footage and put Frank quotes over it, like Frank dialogue. So it's not quite the same, but
0: well, the internet's undefeated, so I'm sure that we'll uh, that we'll get that dub in when Detective Pikachu actually releases. <laughs> uh, but that's news... the full
2: movie overdubbed with Danny DeVito. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, even just a 20
0: minute of like highlights from the movie, okay. I'll take it. Um, so Henry, welcome to the show. This week we're joined by somebody who's a little bit more of a uh, of an
2: amateur with the Pokemon world. That's a that's a probably generous description of my <laughs> level of uh, Pokemon knowledge, but uh, I'm game.
0: And are you game for a game of Mon Mom with us? Absolutely, cannot wait. All right, so somebody even more amateur than you, Henry, is going to describe one of this week's Pokemon. And to cover this, we're going through three families this week. We're going through the Growlithe family, the Poliwag family, and the Abra family. And my mom is going, to discuss, is going to describe one of these eight Pokemon, and you and Mr. Darling are going to take turns and see if you can guess which one she's talking about. This Pokemon looks like a cat without whiskers. I will name it Pentra. All right, Henry, as the guest, you are allowed to enter your guest first, and Darling can enter his guest after and play either defensively or aggressively. So, please.
2: So, a cat without whiskers, I, I'm guessing this is of the Growlithe family, whether it's Growlithe or Arcanine. Um, I, I guess I'm going to go with Growlithe because that seems to be a little bit uh, less whiskery. I don't know. <laughs> it's fuzzy, but yeah, I don't yeah. see, I don't really, yeah, I it see where
1: It's not whiskery. I get it. I get it. Yeah the tiger striping, which we'll get into a little bit soon. Uh, I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction, and I'm leaning towards Abra. It's got kind of a cat-like head. It looks kind of like one of those, uh, you know, the hairless cats, mm-hmm. except with a giant tail.
0: It's a sleepy cat boy. Yeah. Um, well, scoreboard finally moves for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, Mr. Darling, you are correct. Ah, I'm sorry to say, Mr. Meyer, but good show, good show. Thanks. Um, We will start by discussing Growlithe, but that moves the scoreboard up in Darling's favor now, 3 to 1. But up first, we're discussing Growlithe, who... Darling, if you could give us the background on it,
1: please. Alright, Growlithe is a fire type that you first encounter at either, depending on where you're going, Route 7 or Route 8, and it's only in the red version.
0: So, notable about this, this is our first Doggo Pokémon. Even though we noted already that so many of these Pokémon are inspired by things that might be kept as pets pretty organically, like little turtle, little lizard, a little salamander. Finally, we have a dog, um, and it is not the little hound dower that is sitting here by my side. It's a little fire doggy that's colored like a tiger, um, and straight up in the Pokemon series, this is a police dog. Um, it's known for being very loyal. Officer Jenny, I think, in multiple occasions, is seen with Growlithe and Arcanine. But yeah, it is. It is the man's dog. Really. Growlithe's a cop. <laughs> Apparently. Um, and then in a case of us actually getting blessed by updates post-release, this thing was originally named Flamey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say that one, one theory that I had about that name is that it would be actually the superlative sexual icon over Vulpix, which we touched on in that episode, that Vulpix became kind of this like icon for personas. Um, I think Flamey would actually have trumped that if that were the name.
1: Henry's eyes just got really big when we mentioned that Volpix is a fursona icon.
2: I was going to say, I mean, it, it makes sense now. It's not something I, I had uh, considered uh, prior to this. Yeah, this is, yeah.
0: uh, welcome, welcome to the most woke Pokemon podcast on it the was. internet. <laughs> and the most anti-imperialist.
1: <laughs> Ralph's a cop.
2: Are, are there other Pokemon uh, podcasts that are pro-imperialists? Yeah. <laughs> or... <laughs>
0: We haven't done the legwork and research, but you know what? It's a wide, it's a wide wild internet out I'm there. I'm sure we could find one. <laughs> I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's like an inverse parallel reality with a MAGA Pokemon podcast. There's
1: one out there that's saying that Charizard's war crimes were perfectly legal.
0: But yeah, continuing my like fun movie parallel thing that I've been doing for the past couple episodes. Uh, my theory, because Growlithe is our first doggo and a uh, notably loyal doggo, is that in the Pokemon universe, uh, kids are traumatized by old Growlithe as opposed to old Yeller. So yeah, there's an image for you to take home tonight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shooting Pokemon a (laughs) man. We've talked about way worse here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Henry. It's the first five minutes we're already shooting Pokemon.
1: Yeah, well, Henry, your thoughts. Shooting Pokemon, yay, nay.
2: (laughs) I mean, you know... If he's a rapid Pokemon, I suppose, It's warranted if we're going the old yeller. But I think, generally, I am, I guess, against shooting Pokemon? It's <laughs> a good stance. I don't know if it's a cr- controversial statement, but it's good <laughs> It sounds stance. like the correct play. <laughs> in the run-up run to 2020, that's a strong platform to take, Henry. <laughs> okay.
0: We'll see if, by the end of this, you can earn our endorsement. Generally, anti-many, anti-gun if I, violence.
1: If I want to appeal to centrist voters, we're going to have to shoot a few Pokemon.
0: Yeah, I think we do have to show that we, uh, <laughs> that we aren't, like too anti 2a mm. but fuck that i am anti 2a so we're taking a hard line stance on this one i'm with henry he's getting my endorsement right now
1: you know blue week on zubats week for america
0: <laughs> meyer 2020 <laughs> will not shoot old Growlithe. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: folklore so this is actually based on something uh, as many of them are none of them are just you know whole cloth inventions believe it or not uh so it's based on the shisa a traditional or shisa—I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly—a uh, traditional Japanese stone guardian dog, more accurately a mix of a lion, tiger, and dog. Oh my! Uh, that is derived from Chinese guardian lion statues, which might explain why Growlithe has a tiger-like coating. Also, in
2: doesn't that
0: make it like potentially part cat?
1: Kind of, sort of, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean it is in that feline family. That, right. So yeah, so that's why we gave, that's why I honored your guesses. I like, feel like, okay. that, that I feel, I feel slightly better about this. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. Like I said totally felt you on that guest. <laughs> you went with the little tiger boy, my mom has confused you and many, many, many others. She killed me. <laughs> she Mama Baloo's getting a phone call. <laughs> Mama Blue compared one Pokemon to the Flintstones, don't worry. Oh god, that was a good
1: one. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, also, we're talking about how Growlithe are incredibly loyal and good doggos. Heckin' good doggos, 15 out of 10. In the Ultra Moon Pokédex, it mentions that its bones have been found in Stone Age ruins, which implies that man domesticated the Growlithe very early on.
0: Yeah, one thing to note about the size of this Pokémon in this is... Sorry, always... what, sorry, can we just go back, what Pokédex is that we're referencing
1: here? <laughs> Ultra Sun, which is one of the more recent games. Uh-huh. There have been, like, there are 800-odd Pokémon now, Henry. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: incredible
0: we're getting you in and like i think we're just past back in the like 50. i think the,
2: the 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 only iteration of pokemon that i think i ever have uh inter- interacted with was whatever the original game boy pokemon was red probably. and blue and yellow yeah probably yeah. red blue or yellow there you go. one of those <laughs> so we're still in your like comfort zone. 17 pokemon maybe <laughs> <laughs> well there were yeah. 150 back then I got 17.
1: (laughs) Respect, respect.
0: But I do want to point out on uh, Growlithe's size that's noted in the Pokedex. It's actually surprisingly small. This is one of those Pokemon whose scale I never quite got from the game and the TV show. It's actually the same size as Cordy. It's about two feet tall. Maybe that's a little bit bigger than Cordy, but it's about the same weight. Like, Cordy is 40 pounds. This thing's noted as being 40 pounds. So it's a pretty medium-sized doggo. What is not a medium-sized doggo is Arcanine, which apparently stands at six to seven feet tall.
1: That is stupid.
0: Yeah, so it is. like a horse? It's your height. It is able to kiss you in the face. A large yeah. creature. Yeah, for those of you who do not have the benefit of being able to see Henry Meyer in person, he's a gorgeous man, first of all, but he's also a very tall man. Both, both things are extremely true. <laughs>
2: Thank you for saying it out loud. Just yeah. a little bit modest. For
1: the record, that's six foot, not in the sense of like, oh, yeah, when my dog stands up, it's six foot tall. Uh, but in the sense of when it's standing on all fours, from foot to head, it's six feet.
2: Do we have a measurement in hands? Because I feel like this is the appropriate. <laughs> Do we want the old, old English? Yeah. Uh, it's horse it's, it's, it's size. So I feel like we should be measuring it in, in, in the appropriate. Uh, if I'm doing uh, the conversions correctly, I like, think yeah. like that's 14 hands. Fantastic. Exactly. You just that off the top of your head, and I,
0: I'm not going to question that whatsoever. We're going to take it. that as fact. <laughs> I'm just throwing that claim out there. Please at me on Twitter with your corrections on my measurement conversions. <laughs> There's a
1: wine called 14 Hands. I'm convinced you only picked that number because of it. Let the record say that Baloo just put his finger to his head and no, pointed at me. No Baloo.
0: <laughs> I literally have two beers in front of me while we're recording this. Full disclosure. He's <laughs>
2: prepared.
0: Yeah, I'm prepared not to have to get up to go refill myself. Um, Smart. But yeah, so this is uh, this is another one of those rare days where I actually love all the designs that we're going to discuss today. I know that on previous episodes, I've been full of hatred and just tearing the Pokemon apart and just uh, angry beyond belief.
1: Wait a minute. You would have shot Wigglytuff in the head. I would have. There we go. There
0: are multiple Pokemon. Hypocrite. <laughs> Wait till we get to Marie.
1: <laughs> I love Marie. Marie's a favorite. Oh. It's a good little sheepy.
0: Oh, previews. <laughs> I'm thinking of it right now, <laughs> but so the the more interesting thing about Arcanine is that like we've discussed subtyping before, and subtyping is like a very weird thing. But this is called a legendary Pokemon, despite not being legendary in any other way. But also being like depicted in the show on the same level as like Arctakuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, and all of them. Um, the show's just a very weird thing because there's other things in the show that don't that are supposedly legendary that we haven't seen yet.
1: Well, theory, uh, we've determined that Ash might be in a coma during the entirety of the show. And he's heard of Pokemon, but he doesn't fully understand them. Mm-hmm. So someone said, like, oh, my Arcanine is a legendary. And he was just like, okay, well, here I am, Coma Boy, and Arcanine's a legendary Pokemon, just like the birds. Yeah.
0: Henry, what are what are your thoughts on the this person is in a coma fan theory? I love
2: it. I feel like it's such an easy go to fan very theory. Very good. This is very like M. Night Shyamalan. Twist <laughs> that I'm, I'm totally into. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think I could, could substantiate that claim in any way. But maybe not in this
0: universe. But we also pose that I I buy into the theory that Batman's actually in a in a psych
2: ward, and that all the villains he's seeing are just people that work around the mental asylum. It Like he's like concocting these sort of like visions of him being the yeah. Savior that's why. of Gotham. That's
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, half of his villains, half of the villains he fights are actually PhDs. Like think about it. Like Harley Quinn. Yeah. PhD. Poison Spirit Ivy. PhD. PhD. Poison Ivy. Dr. Freeze. Wow. Yeah.
1: Like, and wow. yet he calls himself Mr. Freeze, because he's humble. He's
0: humble. He doesn't need the, Man of the people. Yeah, he got the PhD, <laughs> he does not need to go by it. But I uh, yeah. obviously the Schwarzenegger version is the best, right? <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Is, there is a uh, there is a super, one of those texts from superheroes thing that like makes fun of the fact that like half of Batman's Rogues gallery is our PhDs. <laughs> So, maybe they're all just doctors treating this billionaire who's dealing with PTSD.
2: That, that or, you know, he's just, he's like, you know, the anti-establishment. He's clearly, mm-hmm. Batman is clearly against uh, the ivory tower that is so insulated, and he's a man of the people. He's actually probably sort of a MAGA
0: hero, right? <laughs> I mean, because that is, because I mean, here we have this society that has such great access to education for these people, and they're still turning to crime. It's actually pretty anti-socialist in messaging. We have a billionaire who's saving the world by being a billionaire and beating the common people up. Wow. And uh, these people have access to education and tons of ways to advance themselves. What we're saying
2: is Batman is a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, fuck Batman. Yeah.
2: Batman is a cop. <laughs> All
0: right, so on top of the Danny DeVito news, I just died again today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Batman has a growler. For sure.
1: 100%. That he makes wear a little bat cowl. Yeah.
0: Um, fun fact: Batman does have a dog in canon. I'm gonna be that yeah. nerd. Ace the Bat Hound. Oh, yeah. Ace the Bat Hound, and he. Uh, the Bat Hound. Yeah. And that dog is absolutely. I think it's a. I think it's a Doberman mm-hmm. mix.
1: That was a Great Dane, but oh, okay, yeah. well, whatever the, it is. Maybe pre-crisis, post-crisis, it's different. Who knows?
0: It's absolutely a rich asshole's <laughs> dog, but <laughs> he has it very well trained, at least. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so. I want to circle us back to the other super large doggo that we were supposed to be discussing. Sorry for the Batman tangent. No, I'm not sorry. I'm never sorry for Batman tangents. Um,
1: Half the show is Batman tangents.
0: Okay, I know I screwed up, I know I totally bullshitted that hands measurement earlier, but trust me when I did some math earlier. (laughs) Trust me on this math that I did earlier. The Pokédex says that Growlithe can run 6,200 miles, 6,200 miles in 24 hours. That means that this Pokemon can sustain a land speed of two hundred and sixty miles per hour for twenty four hours without stopping.
2: Do we have any? Do we have anything? Do we have anything about so that? So it's like it's like a, a fighter jet that doesn't need to be refueled. Basically. Apparently, <laughs> Incredible. cheetahs sounds like military technology that should be developed. So cheetahs the fastest
0: land animal in our world. Uh, Ron, that
1: Matt, we know of. Maybe 65. there. Are, maybe there are animals that are so fast we just don't see them.
0: Whoa mind-blown. mind, mind blown. That's some Matrix-level shit. Yeah. You're breaking through the veil right now, Mr. Darling. Yeah.
1: I hope that there's someone who's listening and is very stoned, Kevin. And they are, you know, just listening to the show, Kevin. And next thing they know, they're like, whoa. Kevin getting really Do I see this out. animal? Do you Kevin? see them, Kevin? Do you see them?
0: So Kevin is one of our past third chair co-hosts. Do you see them, Kevin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> who is Who is currently sitting in Bill's PC with our other past co-hosts. Uh, waiting to host a Digimon podcast. <laughs> Incredible. Kevin, shout out to you, Betty. <laughs> you got the Henry Meyer seal of approval. You just 100%. Had, you just had the most gorgeous man <laughs> west, of, west of Hollywood. Shockingly Master. handsome. <laughs> Shockingly handsome. I, um, okay, so let me bring it back to the cheetah. The humble cheetah. <laughs> the humble cheetah. That can run at, let's say, 70 miles an hour, but it can only sustain that speed for about 20 seconds tops because then its body is just capped out, and when it hits that speed, it better catch a fucking gazelle, or else it's gonna die of starvation. We have an Arcanine that's just casually sustaining a speed that is close to four times that for 24 hours instead of 20 seconds. But yeah, so we've had Pokemon that can move at light speed. I honestly find this, like, extreme level of endurance more shocking than the
2: theory of relativity breaking Pokemon, but that's just me. Right, because this is just like like an average dog Pokemon, but it can... Run two hundred and sixty miles an hour for twenty four hours straight. Yeah, that's that's faster than the proposed. Board and it doesn't trade. say it doesn't say that it'll stop after that. It just says that it can run sixty two hundred miles in twenty four hours. Yeah, it doesn't say that there's any limit to the number of twenty four hour periods that it can run sixty two hundred miles. Yeah. Here's a,
0: here's another uh, here's another movie reference. Maybe in Forrest Gump, in this universe, Forrest mm-hmm. Gump rides an Arcanine from ocean to ocean.
2: <laughs> or maybe Arcanine is the Forrest Gump. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I just like to think that it says
1: that it can run sixty two hundred miles in twenty four hours. There's some asshole Arcanine who's like, "Yeah, I can run that. I don't want to though." I could mean, totally be true. This
2: could be this could be a hundred percent Arcanine boast.
1: Yeah. Arcanine's at a bar just trying to get with some uh, lady Arcanines and, like, yeah, I can 60, run 6,200 miles. miles.
0: Easy. It's like that old joke from like elementary school. I don't know if you guys ever had this one, but it's like, yeah, I can say all the uh, capitals of all 50 states alphabetically in under one second. Do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is definitely the Arcanine equivalent brag.
1: Arcanine moves like one step it's over. Like, oh, I did it,
2: guys. Yeah. Wow.
0: Hmm. But we had the awesome name of Flamey before this. Oh, God. Darling, can you please tell me what Arcanine's name was going to be before it became Arcanine? Well, the original
1: name was going to be Blaze, which is totally the name of the asshole villain in a ski movie from the 80s, which leads credence to my theory that there are Arcanines out there that's like, yeah, I can run that. I don't want it, but I can.
0: It's like somebody tries to call the Arcanines like, oh, sorry,
2: that's not my name, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: Blaze. 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 would have been a stoner
2: icon, though, if, uh, if they, they had gone to Blaze.
1: In the early days Kevin, of Pokemon. Kevin. <laughs> I
2: don't even know. I, I, I've never met Kevin in my life. <laughs> Kevin, you're, I have no idea if you smoke weed
1: or not. For the record, for that bit, I wasn't going for our Kevin. I was just going for any Kevin any who might Kevin? be listening and stoned at the time. Well, that's... <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm sure that... I'm list- specifically
0: talking about that one Kevin. <laughs> We have metrics that prove that half of our listener base is named Kevin, so that was a good
1: pick. Oh, hey, okay, um, good, good. So, yeah,
0: so you're, yeah. Really, you're really playing to the audience. And <laughs> you know your audience, darling.
1: Good lord. I was going to say about uh, Blaze. In
0: the early days
1: of Pokemon Go, I hatched an egg that had a Ponyta that had a combat power of 420. Nice. And I naturally just named it Blaze it, because obviously. Uh, yeah. One note before we move on about Arcanine being a legendary Pokemon. Uh, According to multiple Pokédex entries across the series, it said that it's a legendary Pokémon in China, which is another weird instance of Pokémon the game mentioning real world places. And then amusingly, when we get to the most recent generations of games, it just says it's a legendary in the East.
0: Yeah, so we're dealing with a world that has cities that are inspired by real cities. Mm -hmm. We have games that are set in the Pokémon universe version of France. Very explicitly. Pokemon Universe version of New York, Pokemon version of like Hawaii. Uh, yeah, of Hawaii.
1: The new one looks like England, basically.
0: Right. Yeah, but they do
2: reference actual. But they don't explicitly here. say it is in. Or they do explicitly say where it Pokemon taking place in.
1: Well, no, because it's Paris like there's whatever. the Kalos region, which has a tower that looks like uh, the Eiffel Tower, has French countryside, but it's not France. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and
0: the map for that other region, Unova yeah just like manhattan like it's one-to-one you could put a map of south manhattan over it and mm-hmm. it's perfect right um but it's not like we're in bed or it's not like grand theft auto where they flat out say like yeah we're going like to Huffington, we're right. going to vice city which is inspired by miami yeah. like you know it's well,
1: i mean fun. they never say it in game but yeah. yeah like in yeah in gta either but yeah it's kind of that thing of los santos is clearly los angeles but they don't say it explicitly mm. uh which is what they've been doing with the last few pokemon regions like some, it's the beginning because i think there is a kanto region in japan i have a question
2: mm. question for the team what makes a pokemon legendary
1: usually like you yeah, know that's a good question it's more of a out of game explanation it's like a pokemon that you can only get one of in the entire game and you have to like find it in like some specific conditions and battle it and catch it and it's hard to catch it doesn't evolve and
0: it's really cool that's my definition
1: although well there have been in gen seven there was a legendary that evolved oh really yeah uh, cosmog which turns into eventually the two box legendaries for gen seven but we'll get there in five years
2: yeah well, question piggybacking on that then is, is does arcanine evolve from gravel yeah Yes, yeah. but it's a, legend. it's a legendary as
1: well. Well, that's the weird thing. It's like with a lot of these subtypings, I like that in episode nine, we're finally getting to, here's some background information about yeah. classification. They have like... That's why I'm here, guys. <laughs> it's
0: good. You're the everman. man.
1: You're our catch-up episode that we can point <laughs> to for people. Uh, you're our Piers Plowman.
0: Mm. <laughs> There's yes. a real deep-cut English lit reference <laughs> for you guys. All two of you who are fellow English lit majors hey, listening
1: to this. You know who's it. Googling that reference right now? Kevin.
0: Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) You stoner. (laughs) Uh,
1: Welcome to Mon Man, a podcast just for Kevin. Anyhow, uh, so all of these Pokemon in the Pokedex have some sort of subtyping. Like they might be the, like there's the normal typing where it's like Bulbasaur is a a grass and poison type. Mm. But then uh, a Pokemon could be like water type, but then be something like the salamander Pokemon or the... Jellyfish Pokemon, or the poison Pokemon, or something or silly I like that.
2: We off. had two uh, animals and then a <laughs> toxic <laughs> this is, substance. Oh yeah, well
1: that's why it's weird. Like.
0: Oh, we deal with like straight up machines that are Pokemon. Hmm. Like, there's literally a magnet that is a Pokemon, a um, living magnet. That could be, you know, a. a, a...
2: Earth material, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you want
0: to come back for that insane clown posse related
2: discussion on the back of that
1: episode? <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Growlithe is the puppy Pokemon, and then it becomes Arcanine, the legendary Pokemon.
2: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's weird. Like, they've never really explained how they define those. Like, because it's you not. It's just like,
2: it, it, or maybe now there's like some serious, uh, I don't know. That goes into this, but initially they're just like, "Yeah, man, it's a fucking puppy Pokemon." Or... We've talked about the
0: fact that they that this is clearly a plane that was being built while it was being, right? Flipped.
1: Especially in the first generation.
2: Yeah,
0: um, I mean because so much retconning and revision has gone in. We've already dealt with Pokemon in past episodes that like started out as you know you know the bigger types like fire type, water type, and mm-hmm. all that, that get changed later on as new
2: types are added. Right. See, I don't think at any point when they were creating Pokemon, they were like, you know, people are going to podcasts about this shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but they do. I it. mean, if
1: they, ima- if they could imagine what
0: podcasts were in 1996.
2: Also a fantastic point. <laughs> but they do it, but they also do
0: it with the right amount of humility, where they make it clear, like, hey, we're always trying to make this better and continue expanding and make it much more fun and interesting to play. Unlike another retconner uh, who's in, who's been getting some flame today, uh, J.K. Rowling. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Henry, but uh, I've been complaining about the retconning. Everybody's been complaining about the retconning for years. Does that have
2: to do for, with, like, like uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald? Yes.
0: G- Dumbledore and Grindelwald's, quote, intense sexual relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I absolutely am looking forward to Jude Law diddling Johnny Depp's wand. Right. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean,
1: Johnny Depp's wand at this point is not good looking. I just have a feeling.
2: I don't know. Maybe he has a really pretty dick. Maybe this explains. gonna explain a whole lot of things.
0: I think Johnny Depp Nightmare on Elm Street dick is a gorgeous dick. I think Johnny Depp post blow dick is not a very pretty one. <laughs> God. <laughs> the Rum Diaries, I think, was the last hurrah <laughs> of that. <laughs>
1: Uh, rest in peace, pretty non-abusive Johnny Depp.
0: Um, so yeah, we're not uncanceling Johnny Depp on this podcast. Just to cancel, it for, yeah, for the record. Yeah, but Johnny yes. Depp is a douche. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Rowling uh, has
1: said that thing about how there was a very intense physical relationship. Or as someone else put, J.K. Rowling says her characters are gay, except for in the movies and in the books.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's where it becomes distasteful is like, unlike what Pokemon is doing, like generation by generation, game by game over all these years, where they're saying like, hey, we are very much revising this, we're very much working on improving the machine. Um, Rowling, on the other hand, up till like last year before the second Grindelwald movie release, she was like saying like, oh, I had this planned out from the beginning, which if you believe like the folklore behind JK, like she supposedly came up with the idea for Harry Potter on a cocktail napkin. At a bar or something like that? or a Cafe, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, but she, like, wrote... So she apparently wrote out all 30 years of this lore on a 4 by 4 inch napkin. Okay, I buy that. JK, I know you're listening. I know you are. It's okay. You can just say that this thing got way bigger than you ever expected it to. I don't think anybody ever expects anything to get as big as Harry Potter has. So just admit that you're also building the plane while it's being flown now in this multi-billion dollar machine.
2: I think that's totally fair. I think that's completely fair. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I, I don't know. I feel like we need a full-on sit-down interview with, with JK on the podcast, clearly. Um, of course. Oh, yeah. In order to clear this up. We'll have you on for the uh, Celebi episode if you'd like. I don't think anybody comes up with a fully baked idea, and I think that's probably hyperbole. Like... And I, again, I I'm not entirely up to date on the spe- specific sp- like the specific <laughs> wording of what J.K. Rowling said um, so I, I don't know but but yeah i mean that seems ludicrous to claim that you had the whole thing like planned out when i uh, just that's just not how yeah. creating a narrative yeah. or a world like that. I mean, to, ju- to justify yeah. to justify my
0: accusation of her hubris on this one, she it was at, it was before the second movie came out when it was revealed that the demon snake, that Lord Voldemort... Jesus Christ. Yeah, the fact oh. that that is a, uh, a formerly Asian woman who... Has been
1: transformed into, a, into snake. a
0: snake. She claimed that was her plan from the start. No,
1: it wasn't.
0: She claimed that the whole concept of a human that is cursed to eventually turn permanently into a demon snake... Was her plan from the start, and to that I'm like, well, first off, maybe you could have come up with like a slightly better approach to it than you know objectifying and diminishing a person of another race. Like the first society. woman
1: of color in this franchise. Yeah. Um,
0: so you know the
1: Hermione uh, retcon doesn't count
0: either. Yeah, the fact that she gave her blessing to them casting a uh, Hermione of color. Yeah, it's it's, it's easy enough to say, I'm okay with this. Yeah, but the bullshit (laughs) was
1: that she said, well, I never specify Hermione's race, and then people found an exact passage where she mentions Hermione's white face. (laughs)
2: Whoops.
0: (sighs) All right, so I'm still managing to find a way to take us down a uh, downward spiral of hatred here, so let's pull it up into something cute again, (laughs) Pollywag. Darling, Please. (laughs)
1: Uh, This thing is water, and the first time you encounter it is basically fucking anywhere there's water. If you've got a good rod in the Kanto region, you'll get this thing.
0: So this is a good case of them taking some inspiration from the real-world biology, because there are a lot of fish and uh, underwater creatures with this case, but the little swirly thing on its tummy is actually translucent skin, and you can see its organs. The, that little spiral on its tummy is its organs spinning what around. fuck?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Okay. I mean, it does raise some questions because the Pokedex does note that that swirly spins. So imagine if you are a creature that is or that has organs that are constantly
2: in oscillation, like a washing machine. So it's, yeah, I was going to say, it's like internal organs are uh, constantly gyrating. Hey. Apparently. Is hey. there a biological, like... Uh, like some sort of evolutionary advantage you get from that?
0: I don't know, I'm thinking, have you seen Blade Two? Absolutely. Yeah, you remember the like mega vampires from that movie uh-huh. that like their organs were completely rearranged and well, they had, like they a special ribcage, there you yeah. uh-huh. go. Poliwag may be the closest thing in the post of the Pokemon universe to that. I oh, <laughs> I mean,
1: I think they mentioned about one of the Pokemon in the Poliwag line that it uses a swirl to hypnotize. And since these are Poli, mm. Uh, poly... So
2: it hypnotizes you with its
1: guts. Yeah, pretty much. And since these are uh, God, what do you call these in the real world? This is so stupid. Tadpoles. Thank you. Uh,
2: or yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, since these are tadpoles, uh, all I can say is all glory to the hypnotoads.
0: Um, I do wanna backtrack one step to Blade two, and I just wanna state I just wanna state that Please for
1: do. <laughs> are we blank check now? Is that what's happening?
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, I just wanna state for every single, like the ranking of all Marvel movies list that i see blade <coughs> 2 is left off of every single one of those that i've seen in the past five years Total and bullshit. it completely invalidates your list if Total you don't bullshit. put blade 2 on it and especially if blade 2 isn't in the top five. The,
2: the blade series in general the blade soundtracks in general were really good i had that was one of the first cds i think that i had like as a kid i don't even remember one of the first CDs, but i definitely had the original blades soundtrack and it was phenomenal
1: I'm just gonna ask the question on these lists that you've seen. Do they include Blade One and Three, and just skip two all together, or
2: because Blade One and well, Blade One actually Blade
0: is belongs on that list too. Yeah, Blade Three. I enjoy Blade Three because it introduced me to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, which, fun it fact. It kind of trash. It was <laughs> trash, but because Wesley Snipes was apparently so high during filming all the time, that's why so much of his dialogue is just him grunting. <laughs> And then Ryan Reynolds just vamping for, like, minutes on end. So
1: Jessica you Beals like in that one, too, right? To
2: Kevin. It's really 2003-era uh, Wesley Snipes.
0: With I the
1: same tax present, problems.
2: I think even present-day
0: Wesley Snipes, do you think he just— He's not Snoop Dogg. He didn't get off the herb. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dog off the herb? Snoop Dogg's he, not off the he herb. Consistently he consistently promises that he's off the herb. Yeah. Well, I think right the,
1: the thing back. is, whenever he was coaching his kid's football team, oh. he would be off the herb. Uh, but then, as soon as the season was over, boom, and now his son, I think, has already graduated college, so... That's right, did he go to USC or something? UCLA. Like, there was a moment where P. Diddy and Snoop's sons were both playing college for UCLA, which wow. is just hilarious. The East Coast, West Coast rap feud is truly dead.
0: But yeah, that being said, uh, fun little party trivia for you guys. Ryan Reynolds has the rare distinction of being, I think, maybe the only actor who has appeared in four separate superhero movies as different characters because he was in Blade, Green Lantern, he was in X-Men Origins as Deadpool, and now Deadpool, Deadpool, which I consider those two very different things. X-Men Origins Deadpool is not the same as the Deadpool that we eventually were gifted. And then now he's gonna be Pikachu. So there you go, five. Pikachu's not a superhero. Uh, He is to me. (laughs) (laughs) He's about to save somebody's dad.
1: (laughs) If that's the standard for being a superhero, we can do better.
0: All right, so, Today's evolutions are fairly logical. You know, going through the polywag line, we don't have the more extreme jump of a tadpole to a frog yet. Um, but you know, It's
1: funny that we call that a more extreme evolution when that's a thing from real life.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's also noted as being like a drastic, miraculous change how a tadpole eventually, like, through stages of life, sprouts legs and becomes this hippie-hoppy thing that can be amphibious. Um, you know, we have a dog that gets bigger much bigger but still just bigger um you know we have a tadpole that you know it grows arms yeah but tadpoles in real life grow arms and legs this one already has legs
1: the thing that bugs me about poliwhirl though i like poliwhirl i think it's an adorable pokemon and there's a reason why it was kind of a series mascot in the early days but i don't like that it has gloves like it's a very weird choice to give them like the kind of cartoony white gloves, when none of the other Pokemon so far have that effect, when it's not like anything that's in uh, like the world established, like it's too cartoony a touch.
0: It's another weirdly tech savory thing. It's very like Bugs Bunny, like, yeah, huh. I don't get it either. And is it, is it? I mean, they look like
1: gloves right down to the fact that they are, I'm looking at a model right now, like you can see that they're slightly bigger than the rest of the arm
0: so the question is do those gloves how do those gloves grow naturally on the pokemon and then do people try to take the gloves off and sell poly world gloves <laughs> <laughs> and what's under the glove
2: darkness
1: just oh, darkness. the
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great questions all around everyone uh, but is this like a setup for and i'm going to just show you my incredibly deep and uh abiding knowledge of the pokemon universe doesn't Mr. Mime, that's
1: a Pokemon, right? Yes. One yeah. of <laughs> the
0: 17 you caught. We've made the joke about the Pokemon with the rhinestone glove already. <laughs> right, I was just going <laughs> to
2: say. Isn't this, is, is this a setup for Mr. Mime? Is this like the er Mr. Mime here? It hypnotizes hey. things.
1: I huh. mean, Mr. Mime is just like weird all throughout so at least it makes more sense and uh, yeah, yeah. Sense. I'm just i mean it, no, it does, oh it like, doesn't make any sense but it makes I more mean, sense than that it's completely nonsensical we also have other
0: pokemon that suddenly sprout like metal attachments like guns there's a like, diamond pokemon
1: oh well blastoise it's got the giant yeah. so it starts out as a turtle and
0: then eventually it has like a bunch of a pair of cannons yeah out of its back yeah yeah because yeah. that's a thing that the, turtles do. The turtles do. I saw I've her seen it once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, that's two of us. Yeah. Shout out. Call back to episode one, where I theorized that Blastoise would be a favorite of uh, you know Maga gun owners down in the Bayou, um, and they'd, <laughs> yeah. they'd go out for shooting practice with their Blastoise.
1: Hashtag two A Blastoise. Yep. Yeah. Once
0: again, this is the Pokemon podcast that endorses Meyer 2020 anti gun ownership, anti guns.
2: <laughs> back to the weird. Yeah, well, but
1: it's just like the gloves stand out more because it's such a cartoon touch. Whereas, you know, Bugs Bunny doesn't have a can on his back, Mickey Mouse doesn't have a can on his back, Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't have a can on his back, but Polly Whirl and Polly Wrath, they've got these, you know, classic white cartoon gloves, and it's just weird to me.
0: Um, darling, you pointed out a highlight from a Pokedex that you really liked. I'll let you take the lead on this one because I'm just horrified by it. In terms of like the overall image that this presents of polyworld
1: <laughs> oh yes uh this is just written delightfully this is from the moon game pokedex it says quote it eats bugs uh it well it says it meets bugs but then it says quote it marches over the land in search of bug pokemon to eat then it takes some underwater so it can dine on them where it's safe which is the choice of dine is delightful to me
0: it just feels like the kind of thing that uh that Vincent Price should be narrating. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: marches over the land in
0: search of the
1: Pokemon to eat. Then it takes them underwater so it can dine on them when it's safe. Vincent
0: Price impression is not an easy thing to pull off. Uh, I'll give that a solid 8.5 out of 10.
1: I think there was a touch of Mr. Burns in there, but.
0: I'll still give it, I'll still give it credit. I think Mr. Burns is supposed to take on That might bump it up to a solid 9. There we go. <laughs> Guy gets an A minus. Yeah, I just, it's just such a creepy image of, like, first of all, marching over the land. I'm really going to nitpick on yeah. the language here. I'm picturing, like, toy soldier-style marching with, like, full arms and legs extended, and then just, like, up <laughs> there is a bug, and then it just scuttles off.
1: I mean, we're looking at it in Pokemon Go right now, and it moves its arms in the kind of marchy way, so...
0: And it just also has, like, the doofy, wide-eyed design, where it just looks so, like... Brainless, kind of like I said about Venomoth. This again, this is another Pokemon that looks because of like just the little touches on its design, it looks so dumb that it might need to be reminded to breathe from time to time. <laughs> um, whereas Poliwrath, on the other hand, is just full of rage. It is motivated. It's it's the Denzel Washington and Man of Fire second half, um, who's just propelled by fury. Darling, tell us about Poliwrath. Well,
1: interestingly, it gains a fighting type upon evolution, and it requires the Water Stone in order to evolve. And what's just interesting to me is that this is a water slash fighting type, which is a weird combo to me, and it's one of the first times we have these not exactly obvious type combos that we'll see more often in later generations of the game. But for now, we've just got this one little water fighting weirdo. <laughs> Jason Momoa is Detective Polly Rath.
2: Exactly. I'm going to I
0: respect Henry giving it the Jason Momoa title for this uh but I'm going to withhold that because I know we have better candidates for it coming up. But Henry, I'm going to actually title this one the Nick Offerman, Ooh. the Ron Swanson Ooh. of Pokémon because it so just it's out
2: there in its canoe.
0: It just looks like <laughs> and I have I have in the show notes here a picture, Hand-made. an example picture of just one of those old timey strong men, <laughs> <laughs> like lifting the bum- the dumbbells with like 100 painted in white on each end. Good. It's a good old timey strong man.
1: The problem yeah. is that you've shown us George from it, which like, yeah, he looks like a beefy guy. Problem is, he doesn't have the mustache that I want for an old-timey strongman. He True. is not the guy I cast True. as an old-timey strongman. Temp-
0: I was tempted for the Ron Swanson thing to go with like the uh, the fighting strongman from Ron Swanson's favorite steakhouse. <laughs> Mitchell, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this, this Pokemon just looks like it's against government control and taxation. It looks like it's straight up. It's a up libertarian pro- Pokemon? It's a libertarian Pokemon. <laughs>
2: Definitely goes to a CrossFit gym. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, in my journalistic career, Twice when I've been doing man-on-the-street interviews, people have come up to me and said I should write an article about CrossFit.
0: You shouldn't.
1: Yeah, no, I know.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, so this is one, this is a rare occurrence. We actually have a pair of journalists on the podcast hey. today sitting on it's either true. side of me. It's
2: true.
1: We're here it's to true. talk about the important issues of the day. So
2: please, important if you guys want to pitch day, each other. <laughs> this is all clearly uh, all, all fact-based. Everything said here can be taken uh, as uh, completely and 100% accurate and true. Yeah, this is one of the rare
0: occasions where these guys get to drop the journalistic objectivity and make weird, false claims alongside me. Like, you know, this Pokemon is a libertarian. We have no basis for that. We don't know its politics. It's but you know it's what? It's fact. It's now podcast lore. It's I, podcast I've, I've been. Re-
2: I, this has been reported out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: polyrath knows the definition I of, spoke of to the
2: shows creators. <laughs> Polyrath, Libertarian.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Polyrath knows the definition of a file.
0: So, this is another case of that we have some information on the Pokemon's original early pre-release design, and this thing was originally supposed to be fatter, it was supposed to be wearing a crown. Nice. That
1: is a Libertarian. See?
0: Right?
1: Yeah. One uh, of those ran for Libertarian presidential candidate in 2016. (laughs) I'm not even joking.
2: It's
0: perfect. So, uh...
1: Then there was the one who got completely naked during the debate.
0: That's so, Henry, knowing that you have very little exposure to Pokemon video games, did you play Super Mario Brothers
2: when you were a kid? Uh, not, not a ton. I, I, I have played Super Mario Brothers, so I'm, I'm, but, but no. Um, this is what happens really when started, we bring a jock on the show. No, yeah. yeah I mean, I was a, I was a Waldorf kid, which I don't know if anybody knows what that means. Probably no one does. But it's like a very, like, uh, averse to media generally. So I grew up, like, you know, running around in, like, the forest and, like, climbing trees and stuff like that. And, like... We didn't have like a TV or like video games until uh, much later in life. So my first like real video game addiction was like Halo. Huh. Um, that's like, a good. That's a good addiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I got really addicted to video games and played a lot of Halo. Um, but yeah, like I, I I missed out on a lot of sort of like the early. Uh, uh video games like i think me and my brother like when i was telling him about playing like like pokemon on like a Game Boy, we had that like stashed away <laughs> up in like <laughs> our room and like you know like it was like unbeknownst to our parents we were like wow. up in know, the I'm attic with mrs I mean, rochester it, but yeah it was uh i mean but you it was got, like, like illicit, illicit an <laughs> illicit thing it was like the equivalent of us like doing like cocaine up in like our bedroom like but but you got good and thorough
0: exposure to good movies i mean we've connected on the blade trilogy
2: here absolutely yeah, yeah and i mean once it once it was like once once that seal was broken then it was like you know because you, you almost created like a little monster for like for like that type of thing it was like you know when you deny kids sugar and stuff and they get their hands on sugar it's like they're gonna eat all the sugar mm-hmm. and so once like you know i was like it was like Okay, or like I started to get exposed to like movies and like video games. It was like I want all of that now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kinda of what happened I think everybody has. That yeah, exactly. That I don't know, right right I don't now. Mean, no, but you But know, yeah, we're this we're is
0: here. uh this is very much familiar to me as the um as the frog villain from Super Mario Brothers Wart? two. Wart. Yeah, I couldn't even remember the name because I hated Super Mario Brothers two. I love that the one. one of the only Super Mario Brothers games I've never beaten, so I grew up on video games, my mom loved them. Love it. I did not like video games when I was first exposed to them, actually, fun story. Huh. My mom bought the original Nintendo as a means of connecting with me, and I just, the first time I tried to play it when I was like maybe four or something like that, I just looked at it and I was like, why do I have to tell the cartoon what to do? <laughs> <laughs>
2: like I, did not. I just want to be exposed <laughs> to it. I just want to watch I, pictures. I just want to
0: sit and hear a story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Press um, buttons.
0: Yeah, but uh, shout-out to my mom, who to this day loves video games so much, even though she doesn't play them. She loves, like, keeping me up on video games and will consistently, whenever she visits, like, ask me, what are you playing these days? And, like, That's watch great. me play video games as if it's a movie. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny how that table turned completely around. That's but, amazing. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. I'll beat Spider-Man for you next time you visit. Aw. Yeah, she got really into it while time last time. Mm. Hey, got to save the day. Yeah anyhow yeah so this one in its
1: original design has was fatter wearing a crown running for president on the libertarian ticket uh and looks like wart from super mario brothers 2.
0: Oh, one thing that i wanted to circle back to so speaking of characters in a coma henry have you heard the super mario uh theory of the first few games i have not well it's
1: just i thought it was just for two i oh, don't
0: know two and three included um, well
1: three is more like the theater so theory, but... so
0: the theory bridges that super mario brothers one, the original one that came with duck hunt is an yep. adventure he actually went on. Okay. Super Mario Bros. two is him dreaming about that adventure and having like a weird fanciful trip about it that involves turnips and these little ghost right. guys called Shy Guys. Uh-huh. Super well the Mario- Shy Guys
1: he remembers from his childhood because they were on Yoshi's Island.
0: True. Super Mario Bros. three, on the other hand, is him putting on a play because he can't let go of the dream hmm. where he depicts it. So that's why like Super Mario Brothers three at the start, there's a curtain that comes up and everything like that, and it's like a stage play. Um, Interesting. So that's the theory: is that it's actually that he only went on one adventure on the NES.
2: Ha, so the thing, the question I have about this is: once these, once these theories reach critical mass, mass, isn't there any like, are are journalists not out there, like gaming journalists, not out there asking like the creators of Mario like these questions?
1: Well, I think we have, we actually have answers to this and that in uh, Super Mario Two. The end titles, if you had ever beaten the game, you would have seen this below. Uh, We see Mario wake up from a dream of him being celebrated for defeating Wart, implying that either he went into a dreamland because it's implied that this is a dreamland regardless, that he and the rest of the characters are in, or he just dreamt the whole thing as a pure fantasy. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember the exact person who worked on the game, but someone who worked on Super Mario 3 said, well, we weren't going for the idea of it being a stage show, but we did have that kind of aesthetic. So Mm -hmm. not outright confirming it, but confirming that the look was what they were aiming for. Because not just the curtain at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but also uh, various hanging elements have uh, wires that you see along the levels, uh, implying that they're hanging from some sort of catwalk or rafter.
0: Yeah, I mean, this also brings in like a broader discussion that we can go all English lit major theoretical on about how much an artist owns and can set the boundaries of a work once they release it out into mm-hmm. the world. Um, you know, do you get to say and make that canon law? If you say, nope, this person is gay, like this person like had an intense sexual relationship. I mean, JK Rowling has the unique situation with Dumbledore, I'm, I'm just gonna circle that back as the most recent example, um, has the unique situation where, yeah, there is a movie coming out where that is going to be relevant. But you know, let's just say she's And
1: stopped. then they won't address it
0: let's just say there weren't more movies coming out and that it was just these seven books that she was just constantly tweeting about from like, you know, her Eleanor Rigby-style tower room. <laughs> That's how I like to picture it. And, you know, she, uh, and she's just like constantly adding this stuff. Like how much of that does she have a say over? How much of that does any artist have a say over once they release a contained finished product to continue expanding
2: beyond the boundaries of the canvas? Oh yeah, so it's a great question. And probably not a lot, because
1: people are going to do it. <laughs> My favorite joke about this was someone saying, J.K. Rowling on her deathbed, that one house elf was a never nude. Oh, yeah. I
0: love that tweet. That's a classic. Um, all right, so let's get, of, uh, let's get out of the toady line. Oh, let's well, get...
1: one last note about Rath before we go. Uh, so you mentioned before we went on air that one of these has the, quote, distinct pimp-slapping Pikachu moment, uh, when it slaps Pikachu into submission in the Johto League in the uh, TV series. And also we've got another weird example of real-world Pokémon stuff, namely in multiple Pokédexes it says that Polyrath can run across the Pacific Ocean without tiring. So between this and Arcanine, we got some runners today. It's
2: like, yeah. They're the founders of the Pokemon
0: world. Um, all right, so let's move on to the first psychic Pokemon that we've encountered here, the first truly psychic Pokemon that doesn't just have Psych in its name. It actually is
1: psychic. Yeah, legitimately psychic. Uh, we first encounter Abra on Route 25, and then it teleports away, because I hate these guys for yeah, how it's... they're just...
0: Yeah, it's the exact spiritual opposite of a Zubat because, whereas with Zubat, you're constantly swarmed by them and you don't want to catch more than one of them, with Abra, you have a very low hit rate of encountering them in the wild and you absolutely want to catch one, especially in Gen 1, where psychics are so overpowered. Um, really and truly, like, you know, again, I've said today, I've said already up front that I love all these designs. I just think the Abra is such a cool, unique design and, like, fusion of so many other real world animals it's a little bit goaty it's a little bit cat-like it's a little bit uh you know there was another creature in there somewhere somewhere fox fox a little foxy yeah. too um and then it also has like this carapace thing going on where it isn't furry it's actually got like this like breastplate thing is it's it got, an armadillo
1: oh uh, you know, know i've never thought an about that
0: but... pokemon already but i mean that doesn't mean that it couldn't hmm. have like maybe like the armadillo without its shell or a pangolin <laughs>
1: I think we might be stepping it a bit too far with the pangolin, but I see where you're going with it, because it does have... I can, it's got like, like,
2: no- <laughs> I can see the pointy nose yeah. thing going on. Well, it's I don't like, think it has... The, it's, I mean, pangolins are excessively, excessively awkward. awkward, yeah. 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 Well,
1: um, this whole line looks like it's wearing uh, like hockey pads or football padding.
0: Oh, yeah. And then it also has like the three talon talon-like claws on its feet. Uh, that's fate. very pangolin-esque.
2: Huh. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, no, that's why I'm justifying. I'm justifying yeah. the illusion. Darling that. shooting you down. I got your back. I, just wanted to, I got your back. I <laughs> just wanted to <laughs> throw the pangolin reference out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done now. Continue. Okay, so we're gonna... we Meyer talk...
1: 2020 endorsed by Big Pangolin.
2: It is, yeah we are in the pocket of big penguin (laughs) all
0: right so i'm gonna let darling take the lead on this one because i love hearing darling talk about history and real world stuff um but we're dealing with a pokemon that has some very real world news ties and real like history Hmm. that
1: well so a bit of setup here though the abra in japan the monster is called casey which is a reference to the late 19th century early 20th century american clairvoyant edgar casey so uh, Casey, the Pokemon, is C-A-S-E-Y, like a name you would commonly hear, uh, versus the definitely long-dead clairvoyant Edgar Casey, C-A-Y-C-E. So what's interesting is that in Japan, the Abra line is named after famous mystics and or magicians, which caused some legal trouble when we get to Kadabra in just a moment. Uh, I also just want to add about Abra that I love that they included it in the most recent Super Smash Bros. as a Pokeball Pokemon. That'll just, like... Pop up near one of your opponents, teleport away, and usually teleport them somewhere off stage where they then have to scramble to get back to where they were. Mm-hmm. Which I think is delightful and a great little keep smash weird touch. But yeah, let's talk about Kadabra as a creature first, and then we'll get to what we've teased about its interesting legacy.
0: Yeah, so this is a weird, this is another case of me being a complete dummy as a child in terms of things I've interpreted from this game. Um, One thing I will say is that I actually didn't get the play on words with the names of these Pokemon. Abra, Kadabra, Alakazam. I did not get the fact that they were supposed to be cat-like because the carapace thing that I mentioned before was very uh, insect-like to me, and I kind of mm. got this like weird, you know, praying mantis thing from it, like a giant praying mantis with a tail. And then, especially with like the cadaver part, like the tail didn't look like a bushy tail to me. It looked like a thorax, like another yep. segmented insect part. And then it loses that super bushy tail in its next evolution completely. So yeah. I just thought it was like a you know larval form shedding a piece of itself to become its, like super sleek. Yeah,
1: Alakazam is a bony motherfucker.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. It's very India yogi like Hindu yogi esque, especially with like the whiskers and stuff mm. like that. That's what I always took away from it. But like you know, um, that being said, you know let's jump into Kadabra and its super bushy tail and the kind of trouble that it got itself got Nintendo into. So, as we mentioned, the
1: Abra line is all named after famous real mystics. So, in Japan, Kadabra's name is Yungurur, which is a corruption of Yuri Geller, a very much alive uh, alleged psychic who claims, like this is his main gag, is that he bends spoons with his mind. Uh, And so Geller, who for the record is Jewish, this will be important in a moment, uh, claimed that Pokemon was using his likeness without permission and that the wavy lines on Kadabra's belly that kind of looked like S's and the star on his forehead were anti-Semitic. Specifically, he was saying the S's resembled the lightning bolt symbol of the Nazi SS, uh, when really they're from Zenner cards, which are used to test purported psychics. So he sued Nintendo for $86.9 million in, like, it was like 99 or so, uh, and so there hasn't been any real resolution to this case, but it yeah, seems... I mean, in
0: 1999 dollars, that's yeah. equivalent to the 50 billion dollars that Lori Laughlin is being sued for right now for uh, cheating her daughter's way into USC. Wait, but
1: really? 50 billion? Yes. That can't be right. A mother, uh, there's a oh, family okay. that's
0: suing her for 50 billion dollars because they believe that their child got cheated out of a spot at USC because of Lori Laughlin.
1: A USC education is not worth 50 billion dollars.
0: <laughs> well, it was worth half a million dollars to (laughs) Lori Loughlin. I mean, even that's paying too much for
1: (laughs) USC. What was it, Jack Donnelly? You called it the last bastion of America's idle rich?
0: Concur. (laughs) Anyhow,
1: moving back on topic here. Yeah, so there doesn't seem to be any resolution in the case, but it seems that Nintendo has made Kadabra, ironically, disappear. Uh, It's still in the main series games, but you don't see it in the anime. It hasn't appeared since, like, 2006. It hasn't appeared in the trading card game since 2003, to the point where when the last Abra card was ever released, or the most recent Abra card, rather, was released for the trading card game in 2007, the card had an attack that allowed it to evolve directly into Alakazam, bypassing the need for a new Kadabra card. Uh, It's kind of become like the Chuck Cunningham from Happy Days or the Judy Winslow from uh, Family 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 Matters. You know, the sibling character who just disappears without explanation. Anyway, kids, remember, if you're going to parody a notoriously litigious alleged con artist, make sure he's dead first.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's a bit of advice for you, Game Freak, and you actually don't have to redesign Cadabra to do this at all because it already looks like him, is that you can say that you're modeling Cadabra moving forward after Dave Franco from Now You See Me, um, who also performed a spoon-bending trick in that movie. God, I hated that
1: movie, by the way,
0: What? How could you hate
1: that movie? Okay, so I'm going to go full spoilers for the 2000, what was it, 13, 11, something like that. That's old
0: enough that I think we can get away with it. Yeah, full
1: spoilers for Now You See Me right now. So the premise is that it's these four magicians who are played by a very weird cast of Dave Franco, uh, Woody Harrelson, Ilsa Fisher, and Isla Fisher? Isla Fisher.
0: Isla.
1: Isla, yeah. Uh, And... uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm half right. Uh, And they go about the U.S. performing magic related tricks that cause them to make money and it's a whole con artist thing. It's like, you know, it's basically a heist movie and for the most part, I enjoyed it because, you know, it's a fun little meaningless heist movie. Mm -hmm. And all the time while Mark Ruffalo is playing a detective who's chasing after them and it's revealed at the end that they, by doing these three big tricks they had to do, they're now going to be inducted in by real magicians who perform actual magic and will teach them how to do all this. And guess who's the head of this legion of actual magicians? Mark Ruffalo, who's been chasing after them the entire time and has been frequently angry in scenes just by himself where no one else is around and there are no cameras within the world of Now You See Me to see him being angry about
0: this. Just a commitment
2: to the crowd. Yeah, that's
0: prestige. Hey, listen, when Christian Bale did that in The Prestige, we hailed Christopher Nolan as brilliant, and then you're going to hold this double standard? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) First off, I want to note that this movie continues the brilliant tradition of the Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson pairing. Those two are just perfect for each other, and I'm so glad Zombieland 2 is coming out. Second of all, another weird thing, Jesse Eisenberg somehow always romantically paired with redheads, the same way Will Smith is almost always romantically paired with Latinas. Is Hollywood just not—is America just not ready to see Jesse Eisenberg, like, romantically involved with a blonde or a brunette? I don't know. Let's speculate that. But— Regardless, I think it's a fun movie. I think it knows what it's trying to be, and I think that it actually accomplishes something that not many movies accomplish, which is it keeps Mark Ruffalo from overacting. Yeah, I'm going to insert Mark Ruffalo shouting, they knew! It's time, Robbie! It's time! They knew, and they let it happen! Because that is my favorite example of overacting <laughs> in the last ten years.
1: Uh, from Spotlight.
0: Yeah, and it's also perfect because you guys are both journalists. I hope you guys both find a way to put, to shout, they knew within the next week in your respective bullpen. I will do whatever I can. I believe in you. Uh.
2: But Martin Luther in Spotlight was serious fashionables.
1: Funny thing is Leo Schreiber playing Marty Baron, the editor of the Boston Globe in Spotlight. Like, I do not know what Marty Baron looks like, but I saw him in that movie and I just thought, I've seen five guys who look like that the LA Times. Like, that's just the look. That is a very journalist look. Well done, Spotlight makeup team. You got it exactly right.
0: That's just A-plus costume design. Um,
1: well, that's hair and makeup, but yeah. Um, I was so focusing more on, like, he's got a bad beard. So do you
2: have any take Marty on? Baron, if you're listening, you just got uh, totally burned. <laughs> <laughs> a, Savagely. At least,
1: a, I mean, Marty Baron looks good, maybe. I have not seen a photo of him. I'm saying Leo Schreiber as Marty Baron. No, bad a, beard. I did I not really compare him to a bug yeah,
0: like he's, Anne Hathaway. He's got a
2: great beard. Huh. Marty, I think your beard is fine.
0: Kevin, we think you need to shave. <laughs> Kevin doesn't have a beard. <laughs> um, that being said, so let's uh, so let's move it into one last note on Alakazam. Since I feel like we've most of what we wanted to talk about today was Yuri Geller, but um, with this family. Uh, but Alakazam, I'm a big fan of the design. I love the mustache, and I love that it had. This is a, another rare Mega Evolution Pokemon that has. Basically, it's, Pokedex notes that its entire body muscle has atrophied because its brain is just so fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. And it just floats everywhere, and it has floating spoons surrounding it. So it it's got like, four spoons. Yeah, it straight up
2: looks like a Hindu That's god. Maybe the least intimidating Pokemon of all time. A Pokemon using spoon spoons. Spoon Pokemon. It reminds me <laughs> of like, uh, um, Mystery, Mystery Man. Man? Yes, the Blue Raja. <laughs> Blue Raja, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You said about evolution.
1: Like, what's interesting is that this is the first Pokemon that evolves by trading it. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: That's
1: another...
2: By
0: trading
1: point. it? Yeah. Like, you need to trade with a friend in order to get this thing to evolve into Alakazam. Yeah.
0: You had to have a friend to put your Game Boy together and then it evolved as you traded it. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So I... Friendless, lonely I child me did not get an
2: Alakazam. That's quite
0: yeah.
1: yeah. sad. Yeah. sad. You either a had to be... Point. Yeah. You either had to have friends or be that rich kid who has two Game Boys and both copies of the game. Mm.
2: Well...
0: Waldorf from the
2: Wes Anderson movie and the woods
0: that he grew up in over here did not have that. Clearly anymore. I did. <laughs> Straight Pokemon back and forth just oh. all the time. That's how he got that's how he got 7 of the 17 that he has Yes.
1: <laughs> so, Blue, what's the IQ of this Pokemon?
0: 5000, which since IQ works as a quotient, a relative quotient, that's what the Q stands for, uh that's supposed to be impossible. <laughs> like that is because it's based on your relative, like, intelligence capabilities relative to, like, the rest of the population. So, like, how can you be, more, how can you be smarter than 5,000% of the population? It does not make any sense. Um, so, you know, we've dealt with speeds, today, and now we're closing off with impossible intelligence quotients.
2: <laughs> these all just feel completely, like, made up. They're like, 5,000, that sounds like a good number.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our theory
1: is that these are written by 10-year-olds who are sent out by the Pokemon professors. Right. And, you know, the Pokemon
0: professors aren't fact-checkers. They're barely professors. They're just like professors in any undergrad college that knows that their major is just a sleeper major. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, they're just churning out grades. Like, all right, here's your C+, plus, get out of here. All right.
1: Professor Oak is still trying to get tenure.
0: All right, well, let's... Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, well, one last note uh, before we move on. Just to complete the trinity of names here. Mm-hmm. So we had Casey. We had... Uh, let me make sure I'm pronouncing this wrong. Uh, Youngerer. Uh, And then the Japanese name for Alakazam is Houdin, which you would think is a reference to Houdini, but is, yes, that, but also a reference to 19th century French magician Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin, uh, who Houdini got his stage name from, Uh, although they did not overlap in time. Houdini, when he was still figuring out who he was going to be, when he was just Eric Weiss, he thought that adding an I at the end of a name meant like in French, so he was like Houdin, Uh, and then he later grew to hate Houdin because he found out that Houdin stole credit for other people's tricks and wrote a book about how Houdin was a trick thief. Houdin was the Dane cook of magic.
0: So to close off with the name thing, because we already started off with Flamey and Blaze, uh, (laughs) to close off, Abracadabra and Alakazam were originally named Hocus and Pocus, but let's move this into how we would change the Pokemon if we could. Uh, We call this section Mon Mod, so let's uh, go around, and is there any way, Darling, today that you would change any of these Pokemon, whether in design, typing, what have you, uh, that you think would improve them? Well, I've got two things uh, in the Abra line. Like,
1: I'd give Alakazam a tail, just because it loses that tail and becomes a skeleton boy with a giant head, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's weird to me when the other two have big tails, Uh, but my major mod is i would somehow find this is a weird sideways thing i don't think we've ever done it before uh we'd find a way to create a Kadabra rival pokemon so if Kadabra is based on Yuri geller then i want a pokemon that's its arch nemesis that is based on geller's arch nemesis the magician and skeptic james randy who has repeatedly challenged him to prove he can actually bend spoons with his mind rather than just like you know rubbing the spot where he's going to bend it and then putting a little bit of pressure after Making enough heat. Uh, That's how Dave
0: Franco did it in that classic movie Now You See Me. Now we know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of of the second Now You See Me?
0: Oh, it was terrible, but I love Lizzie Kaplan, so bless her heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Randy, like the Randy Pokemon that came out wrong, uh, would probably be like psychic and then either normal or ghost, because ghost would be uh, like resistant to psychic attacks and normal would just be a fun little twist on how he is a skeptic.
0: Mine is simple. I want a third evolution stage to the Growlithe Arcanine family. Uh, Make it a Dark Fire type, call it Darkanine. Nice, real good. There you go, short and sweet.
2: Henry, what would you change, if anything? Well, I'm just shocked that Darling's uh, Mon Mod was not about taking the gloves off of Polly World. Oh yeah, duh. After all that, <laughs> it's a it's a minor quibble about uh, you know the was- not having a tail. So Henry, what would you change? Uh, what would I change? Um, I guess I guess I'm I'm worried that uh, the the Abra family does not have any um, feats of endurance that are uh, a part of canon. Like, I feel like it should be able to, I don't know, uh, meditate for a week straight. No, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah or something.
1: they're indoor kids.
2: Yeah, uh, maybe it can, you know, play for Pokemon. They got, they can Six marathon. months without stopping. Boom. That's it's hassle. got, a, with its 5,000 point
1: IQ, exactly. it can figure out the perfect team to beat every other trainer in the world.
0: There you go. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move from talking about the Pokémon as they exist in their universe to talking about what we think they'd be doing in our universe. Welcome to Mon's World, a celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokémon. Darling, if you'd like to lead us off on what you think these Pokémon would be doing in our actual
1: world, well, this is a cute little one. In the Pokédex entry for Sun, it mentions that oh, look, well, sorry, the Poliwrath Pokédex entry in the Sun game. Uh, it mentions that Alolan children learn how to swim by imitating Polly raths breaststroke, so Polly would make great swim instructors or lifeguards. I'm picturing Baywatch with a Polly on the team.
0: And my only addition to that would be, obviously we know Arcanine would be loyal pets and police dogs, just like they are in the Pokémon universe, I think that's pretty one-to-one, but uh, my other thought, since I already compared it to Ron Swanson and proclaimed it the Libertarian of the Pokédex, uh, Polyrath in our world would not actually say its name like it does in the Pokemon universe. Instead of Polyrath it would be saying taxation is theft over and over again. And that's what it would be doing in our world.
2: Henry, do you have any thoughts on what these guys would be doing in... I mean, it sounds like uh, uh, Alakazam might be like a house house goods salesperson. Like he might operate <laughs> a, a, like a proprietor of a Williams Sonoma outlet. Oh my god! Maybe. Uh, I yeah. think worse than
0: that, he'd be involved in every pyramid scheme.
2: Oh, definitely, he'd yeah, be like a for life, life guy, bigger for life guy. <laughs>
1: so to be clear, this week's Pokemon are. Cops, libertarians, and pyramid schemers. And swindlers. <laughs> I thought,
0: And here I thought I really liked them. He's <laughs> <laughs> well, a swim instructor.
2: That seems like a pretty wholesome...
1: But a libertarian swim instructor, apparently. A libertarian
2: swim instructor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's, a libertarian, he's a
0: swim instructor that has some literature he wants you to read after <laughs> this week's practice. <laughs> he has some articles that he really wants to share with you.
1: <laughs> you should learn to swim because the government won't help you with that.
0: Yeah, you know, I've got a great link to a Federalist article. You should read. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so
1: moving on, which of these three monsters—and I'm using the term in every sense now—are we going to eat, Baloo?
0: <laughs> well, this takes us to my favorite section of the show. Mon appetit! I can't do the voice today.
2: It's too stupid <laughs> now. Maybe you'd like my personal recommendation.
0: Off, I couldn't come up with anything I really liked other than just going with uh, polyworld legs a la French cuisine. So I'd go for polyworld leg chowder, very simple and sweet. Uh, darling, I have a theory that abras teleport because they taste
1: delicious and they know it because they're psychics. So, uh, so assuming I could ever get a hold on one, maybe I use mean look with a ghastly in order to catch this thing. Uh, I'm gonna take an abra or cadabra, which is low key thick. I might add. And roast its tail like a pork loin. You know that
0: like urban myth, so to speak, that lobsters scream when you boil them. I think that Abra would telepathically scream while you roast them. Mm. So you'd be hearing their screams down to your very soul as you roasted them. But enjoy that dinner. Uh, oh, I will.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize how specific you guys were gonna be about the like preparation here. I was like, yeah, I'd probably like the the one because, you know that's like, Uh, (laughs) you know frog's legs whatever you guys are like yeah I'm gonna like fricassee this with a nice balsamic reduction I'm sorry we stand, we stand, Anthony Bourdain and
0: Guy Fieri on this podcast so who do you want to eat with donkey sauce today
2: (laughs) thank you okay now now I have a much clearer picture I can't wait for the Pete Wells review of
0: this. Five stars, all the way. I'm sure. <laughs> it's the Anne Hathaway review that's gonna sink us. <laughs> scathing, <laughs> scathing.
1: We've had episodes go off the rails, but this one, like, it just collapsed at the station.
0: Yeah, it collapsed, and then it like hit a sinkhole and collapsed further in. But it was del- it was a delightful collapse. It was a beautiful disaster, as Kanye West would say. course. Um, Speaking of libertarians. I'm glad I was a part of it. Henry, we're glad we're glad that you were a part of it too. Thank you so much for braving this realm of extreme geek nerd culture to come out here and hang
2: out with us this evening. It was incredible. Next time I'll have you on my As Yet To Be Started Magic the Gathering podcast where I will uh, impress you with my level of knowledge of the game.
0: We've talked about this, I actually, more than you fucked with Pokemon back in the day, I actually fucked with Magic back in the day, and I've still got my old school decks that are way out of date. I, I should, sh-
2: should you not, I have probably tens of thousands of Magic. <laughs> Any Black <laughs> Lotuses in there? No, just,
0: no, Of course not. So I would be more than glad to try to update my deck in the name of joining you in a game. I would be sure. more than glad to jump in on a Magic the Gathering podcast and see how I fare in your world, just it's as hot, you we were brave we enough to family. It would be
2: great. It'll be fantastic,
0: but uh, for that—that that being said—do you have anything you want to plug before you go?
2: No, uh, I have nothing. I've got no cool podcast. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just grinding on the business journalism world beat, which I, uh, yeah, read the LA Business Journal. It's great. That's okay. I just
1: want to point out, like,
0: basically all the audience stopped listening when we started saying
1: this is a podcast for Kevin only.
0: And we yes. still have, we still, like I said, that still retains half of our listener base because half of our listener base is Kevin. So yeah, if a podcast hits fifty percent of the listenership, that's fine. We can let it. So slide. it's got to be like a, you know, Kevin's
2: Facebook group. that This is just going to blow up. <laughs>
1: Kevin's of the world yeah,
0: Unite. Kevin's yeah. of the world united. There is a Kevin's of Lawnmen Facebook group.
2: I mean, we we picked <laughs> up, we picked at least a relatively common and like you know widely used name. If we, you know, I'd like pick something, like, wildly obscure, like... like... Bort. Bort. <laughs> <laughs> right, my son is also named Bort. All
0: right, well, thank you so much for
2: being here, Henry. Uh, this is a blast. Thank you, guys.
0: All right, once again,
1: Kevin, I am Yonata Kevin. Kevin. And I'm Kevin Darling. Thanks for
2: being here. I am Kevin, 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 Kevin. 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 Kevin, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin.